they were all they kind of gathered together and they were nervous what to do with there was a dilemma but we have to talk to Mahaprabhu about this but if we do he may leave then we'll be in a worse position the king may leave we'll be in a difficulty Chaitanya Mahaprabhu may leave if we try to say please see this worldly person so they said oh anyway let's just they decided we'll go there and we'll just we won't say anything we'll just kind of hang our heads and <laughs> then we'll see what happens so Mahaprabhu could see you have something on your minds what do you want to say nobody wanted to say anything Tarabon was going to lead the charge but he became nervous at this point <laughs> he's a newcomer so somebody a little bold spoke up Nityananda Prabhu there in the verse that says who's Balaram himself he makes that point he spoke up he's a big fellow elder brother he could say something he said, look, the king's going to become a mendicant. He might give up his life. We're reminded of the Yagnik, a Brahmin's wife, the one who was held back by her husband and couldn't go to feed Krishna and Balaram. This is Balaram talking. Who couldn't go and feed us, you and I. Remember her? She gave up her life because she, could, she was checked by her husband from coming and feeding us when we came on behalf of our friends. This reminds me of this, he says. <laughs> Good way to talk to Krishna, huh? To Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Qualified person. Mahaprabhu says, anyway, you know, you, all right, whatever. You, you just decide what you want to decide. Do, do what you want to do. Nityananda Prabhu said, I tell you what, here's what we do. You give a piece of your cloth to the king. The remnant of your cloth and give it to him. That may pacify him and he won't give up his life. So Mahaprabhu said, yeah. And he said, yeah, okay, well, do what you want. Whatever you want to do. Nityananda Prabhu took a piece of cloth. It was given to the king and the king did a puja, did a worship of the piece of cloth. What happened? What is that cloth, that paraphernalia of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? We sing in the morning, Dujamane Bhakshe Taba Jalamala Sutra. Dujamane, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Dvijamani, Bhakshe Sutra Jalamala. On his chest is a thread, fulgent thread, and he's got this paduka and upara and an umbrella over his bed. It's early in the morning. Over his bed he has an umbrella, and at the, and at the door are his shoes. This song we're talking about, the fact that Nityananda Prabhu in an extended form is, is from head to toe from top to bottom and in the middle as well, completely absorbed in the service of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in effect, by giving the cloth, Nityananda Prabhu is giving himself. Mahaprabhu is giving himself through Nityananda Prabhu. You cannot have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. By the grace of Nityananda Prabhu, we can understand who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and get his service. So the king had the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu. Then again we came to this point, I'm backtracking, the sweeping, the Rathi utter beginning. Mahaprabhu agrees to give his mercy. What does he do then? Mahaprabhu divided, the, as we're reading, the kirtan into seven parties, dancers and singers and so forth, and the Rathi proceeded in the midst of this tumultuous roar of uh, kirtan. Mahaprabhu expanded himself into seven different forms, to be in seven different kirtan parties at the same time. Different devotees, Kaviraj Goswami says, they saw it in different ways. Some of them saw, according to their sentiment, Jamuna Pulina Bhojan. 
Some saw like Rasalila. I mean, some saw that what? It's like Krishna, surrounded by so many sakas on the banks of the Jumuna. And each saka thinks Krishna is taking the food from my mouth and putting it in his mouth. The kind of thing that Brahma saw, Vidhi himself, the personification of rules, and thought, what is this? The gods are making something, ado about this person, and he's, he doesn't even know how to eat properly. He's putting things in other people's mouths from his mouth and taking things from their mouth and putting it in his mouth and eating with his left hand. And In that circle, point is here relative to the topic, each sukkha, each friend of Krishna thought, Krishna's right in front of me right now. He's taking food from my mouth and putting it in his mouth. Each one, just like in Rasalila, those with that sentiment, they were reminded at this time in the kirtan of how Krishna expanded himself to be with each in between two gopis and through the whole of the Rasalila. To the king, Sarvabhoma was also given, Kashi Mishra, the king, they had this vision. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed them what? He actually showed them some Aishwarya, his mystic power, that he could be in different groups at the same time. A wonderful thing. And in the word, he showed them he showed the king what Sarvama said is true. I'm Bhagavan. And look, I'm Krishna. Just like that Krishna on the banks of the Jumuna. Just like that Krishna on the Ras Sard Purnim. I'm that same fellow. That's me. What he said is true. See it for yourself. This is significant. He showed him some Aishwarya. It doesn't stop there. Because as the Ratha Yatra proceeded, and Mahaprabhu came to that place where he would take rest. At Sarvamano, yearly, annually, this happens. Mahaprabhu takes rest from the kirtan in the garden. and So, at this time, he told, you should go there, dressed like an ordinary Vaishnav. Previously, also, I didn't mention, but the king had the experience. Someone had suggested, I forget who it was, that, look, pacify the king in this way. I think it was Mahaprabhu himself said, look, stop with this. Send the king's son. I'll see the king's son. Father is said to be born again as the son, so send the son and I'll, and I'll, and I'll give him my darshan. He came dressed as an ordinary Vaishnav, but he looked kind of like Krishna, dark complexion, wearing yellow dhoti. Mahabharata was ecstatic. <laughs> Sarvabhama had told him, when you come out in, in, in the garden, Mahabharata will lay down and take some rest and you come dressed not like a king, but like an ordinary Vaishnav. Dressed like a devotee. This is real uh, uh, charm, real beauty. We should dress like a devotee. That's anukul. That's favorable. After all, <laughs> we should do more than that, but at least that. Putana would just, just dress like a devotee and she got in the door. She wasn't a devotee, but she dressed like a devotee. Therefore, Uddhava said things like, Oh, Bakiyam, Stanakala, Kutam. What, what, who in the right mind would take shelter of anybody else than Krishna? Putana came with a desire to kill him in his infancy. But just because she dressed like a devotee, he saw her as a devotee <laughs> and accepted her, made her his eternal nurse. Who would take shelter of anybody else? This is the wisdom of Shastravit Uddhava, learned person. Sarvamu said, dress like a devotee. It's so nice. You think if I go to the Arctic and I'm dressed like this, Krishna might look at me more than if I'm not. If I'm wearing a tilak and dhoti and so forth, and then he says, oh, it's a devotee <laughs> has come to see me. This is all favorable. 
again, we talked earlier, I mean, it's about the heart, it's not about externals, but if externals, they, to the extent that they foster that, that change of heart, then they're useful. That's why we, we, you know, we wear these beads, they protect us, these Tulsi beads. How do they protect us? One of what he told me, they protect you, I've heard they protect you Tulsi beads from radiation. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't think that's what it means, but I offered another idea. It protects you like this. When you wear these beads, then somebody says, Oh, you a devotee? And you're, uh, Yeah, <laughs> I'm a devotee, right. That means you don't go certain places where you, you know, your heart might want to go. They help to change your heart. You might have some abila, some desire in your heart to go somewhere. I mean, the world is pulling on us in so many directions. And and especially as, as householders, you know, we have to be in the world and so forth. So we'll pull on us in a particular direction. We have a sunk scar. It's going to take us in a certain direction, impression in our heart. These beads will help. They'll protect us. Well, to speak of the whole attire, <laughs> it's practically impossible then to to give in. And with the beads, they work like that. You see, oh, are you a devotee? And then, oh, yeah, I'm a devotee. You too. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> we should go to the temple. <laughs> Something like that. So they protect us. They help us. This is the idea. And we should see these things like this. All these details and whatnot. See to it that they, that they help us. That they help deliver the principle. Not that they get in the way. They can get in the way also. It's possible. When we can say, say oh, you know, he wears the dhoti like that. And in our group, we wear it like this. And this is the right way to wear it. Only only this color, one fellow told me, he said, this is the wrong color. You know, wrong color. <laughs> and I could understand. His guru is this wonderful devotee, sannyasi in, in, in India. He's a disciple of Odalomi Maharaj, one of Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta's disciples. And, and uh, he said, I think it was him, he said to me, this is the wrong color, Maharaj. You know? And he had a particular color. I could understand. His guru told him this is the right color. And he just doesn't, you know, he's living in India. He didn't have a chance probably to interact with any other groups anywhere. And he's honoring that. He's telling me, okay, I appreciate it. But I've been around. And there's a lot of different shades. And different <laughs> gurus have different ideas. What shade will be. And what they like. And what song to sing when. And so on and so forth. And what time. And all these things are, are, are details. They're important details. And, and our guru gave certain details. And we, we like those. We may be in circumstances where they don't, apply in terms of delivering the principle, so we'll adjust them. And time goes on. Sometimes devotees say to me that, well, you know, nothing's really changed that much since Prabhupada left. I say, you know, which wife are you on now? Or, you know, <laughs> what? I mean, there's so many things change. We didn't have the internet at, at that time. That's a folly to say things haven't changed. So much they've changed. So radically. So we have to change with it in a way that we don't change the teaching. But that will require so much change of, of the detail to deliver the principle. And this is nothing to be afraid of. This is what preaching is about. And every person that preaches Krishna consciousness on the most rudimentary, basic level has to apply this principle. You have to adjust the details according to time and circumstance. Probably would say, I never changed anything. And we look at so if we look, it looks like he changed everything. Some of his godbrothers say, he changed everything. Hmm. One fellow told me, your guru, he put Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta in the closet. I said, well, he's on every altar in every city and every house, you know. What are you talking about? You know, you put him in the closet. By your attachment to details, without understanding the principle. Understanding the principle, he changed the details. 
and so many people are affection for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and attachment to his his understanding of Bhakti Vinod Thakur and proud to say we are members of this lineage requires some realization and everybody has some (laughs) so use it preaching requires some realization some understanding you know I remember I was on a plane sometime back and I heard the Beatles playing and it was like a music orchestra it wasn't four the fabulous four but was one of their songs, you know, da, 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 and I can understand it. The Beatles, all different instruments, all different players, but you know, you know the song, so you can recognize it. So if you have a feeling for this, if you got something from your Guru Dave, not just some dogma, but you actually digested something and assimilated that, and then if it comes in a slightly different package and you know, with a different vocabulary, you can identify it, you can recognize it. And in fact, that may be helpful. Make you rethink about it and look at it from a different angle and so forth. It's about like a valuable jewel. So, so many, you know, what do they say, facets to the jewel. You turn it this way and that way. So, in Siddhanta, that we have to be one. In philosophy, the Abed, it is one. In religion, in feeling, it is bed, different. That's the beauty, isn't it? Room for different expression but of the same philosophy. This is the idea. So if we see difference, but it's not a difference in philosophy, if it can be tied to Siddhanta, it can be, it can be justified by the Siddhanta, then we find it to be an ornament. Bhushana, not a dosha, not a fault. This is where we have to think like this, uh, be harmonizers. And that is the whole Braj idea. In one place, Jiva Goswami said, Braj means... Like Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, religion means proper adjustment. Shijiva Goswami said in Gopal Champu, this brudge means all things harmonize, something like that. And the Gopi Leela is, is the perfect example of that. Who could think that that could be harmonized? That uh, you know, properly centered, it has its application. Everything has its application. Everything harmonized. I like to tell the story of, and it, it comes to mind with. So that's Rupmarsh here because he had much to do with the place, Gitanagari. I was there once when Prabhupada visited from New York on a bus. You know, he always wanted, had a dream that, like, go on one of those buses, the Radhadamadar buses, and travel, you know, do traveling Sankirtan. Or he had a dream about getting on a yacht, going from port to port, you know, landing, doing Sankirtan. So we were able to help facilitate Prabhupada's realizing, like, going out with those boys in the vans, as he used to say, by putting him on a bus from New York to Gidanagari. Prabhupada got on the bus. I happened to be fortunate to be on the bus. and Prabhupada sat on a big seat. We had arranged for him, and he spoke a little bit. It was a little kirtan for Gornitai, and Prabhupada took some rest and was moving his beads the whole time. I was just watching him, studying him. And we got to Gidanagari, and, and spent the night. The next morning, it was a tour, and we were in the barn, and in the barn, there were several devotees, adults and children, and then there were cows and calves, and, and there was a cat and there was a dog, and a mouse ran right in the middle, right across. The mouse ran. And, you know, everybody went, oh, like that, you know. And then Prabhupada said something like, just see, you know. There was the adults and the children and the cows and the calves and the dog and the cat and the mouse, everybody living in harmony. This is Vrindavan. <laughs> and then the next morning, we, we, or afternoon, whatever it was, we got to get on the bus, and I was having, just right behind Prabhupada. 
And Prabhupada turned around to me and he said, Did you see it? I said, What, Prabhupada? <laughs> he said, There was the cat, there was a the dog, there was the mouse, there were the cows, there were the calves, there were also the children, all living in harmony. This is Vrindavan. And I was just really stunned, you know, to have him say that to me. And then we got on the bus and Prabhupada turned around to me again. He said, Did you see it? I said, Yeah, I'm seeing it. Prabhupada, looking at you, <laughs> I said, you are I said to him, and he went through it again. He said, there was a the cat, there was a the dog, there was a the mouse, and all the, so harmonizing all these things, you know. I mean, harmony, that is, that is the kind of unity we want. Many notes, harmony isn't just one note, many notes all working together, something like that. So, unity and diversity, it's one and different, it's inconceivable. Think of it like this. We have to be one in philosophy, in Siddhanta. And we have to know that philosophy then, to understand what's different from the philosophy and what's a difference that arises out of the philosophy that's beautiful, heartening, harmonizing. What is the variety that is, as they say, the spice of life. So, anyway, the king, he saw the opulence, the Aishwarya of Mahaprabhu, that he's Bhagawan, Swayam Bhagawan dancing at seven parties, you know, just like he was with each gopi, each coward boy. And then they proceeded and they got to the garden and, and he went in, dressed like a Vaishnav, in Vaishnav attire. He approached Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he, following the coaching of Sarabhu, what did he do? He began to sing from uh, what's mentioned there is Gopi Gita. And when he came to that verse, Tabukatamritam taptajivanam kabibiriditam kalmashapaham shavanamangalam srimadatatam bubigunantiye buridajanam. Mahaprabhu got up. He embraced the king. He said, Say more. Say more. Burida. This verse means, it's such a nice verse. The gopis, of course, are performing Sankirtan. Krishna has left. They want him back. Kind of. <laughs> they want him back on their terms. They're chanting in Sankirtan. And this verse comes, Tabukatamritam. Your talks, Tabukatamritam. Your talks are just like nectar. Your words are like nectar. They're so nice that even if other people say them, they're wonderful. Tabukatamritam, Taptajivanam. And the, all the pain, the suffering of life is vanquished by these talks. Especially the, the pain of karma and jnana. Vishwanachakaditaka points out these are painful approaches as we began these are the two tracks on which material life really really runs so this is painful if we're successful in these where will we end up in heaven only to fall down again in no man's land with practically no prospect of ever living and loving alone forever and it particularly it, 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 it relieves the devotees of the pain of suffering and separation all the poets say this, like Prahlad, Dhruva and others, and Bhagavatam. They say these kind of things. It comes from them. Kaviriditam kalma shapaham. It has, on the kalma, apa, this uh, sins. It has such power, these talks. What can anything else do in relation to sin? Sinful life or karma means, this is klesha, misery, suffering. It uproots suffering. To what extent? These talks, they will not only take away the aparabdha karma, but the prarabdha karma. Gyan does not, and yoga, they don't admit to being powerful enough to deal with the prarabdha karma, but bhakti does. Mahaprabhu took the body of Thakur Haridas in his own hands at the time of his passing. 
danced with that, with his body and his hands, and then he personally dug the tomb to say, his body is worshipable. He was a Muslim, an outcast. It means his sadhaka deha had become spiritual by bhakti. There's no prarabdha here. The jnani's, when his prarabdha is finished, life is finished. When the devotee's prarabdha is finished, life begins. Krishna facilitates then his development of bhava and prem. Daivim prakriti mahasrita. It's a whole different world. So, kalmashapam, shravanam, mangalam, simadatatam. It's auspicious, it's, uh, it's beautiful, it gives prem, ultimately, your talks. Shravanamangalam Srimadatana Bhuvi Grantiye Bhuridajana Selfless people, they distribute this everywhere. They are the real... You are the most magnanimous. Yeah, you are, those people are the most magnanimous. I'm imitating them. I'm talking about them. <laughs> yeah, they are the most magnanimous people. Of course, there's other ways to explain the verse too that are more esoteric, but this is the general, general meaning. You know, in brief... From the side of the gopis, tavakata, mutyam, your talks are killing us, something like that. <laughs> They're ruining us, our lives. Don't hear from those people who go around, you know, broadcasting these talks. They'll ruin your life. And you'll never ever again be have a happy home life or anything like that. It's destroyed in this way. <laughs> So at this point, the king actually gets the embrace. But what does Mahaprabhu show him? He shows him Sadbuj. Again, he shows his Aishwarya. He shows, I'm God. He's singing the Gopi Gita. He's actually approaching the Rag Marg through the devotees. But there's a progression in this. Like I said in the beginning, this is a high, high, high ideal. You can't go there with your shoes on. Not any karma bilas or jnana bilas. Shuddha bhakti, nadanam nadanam nasundarim kavitam bhava jagadisha kama ye. Mama janmani janmanishvare bhavatat bhakti rahoitakiti. Mahaprabhu is praying, paying his pranam to the Paramatma, to, to Jagadishwar, the Lord of the world, and coming into the embrace, embrace of his pranishwar in this verse, he says. No more material desire. You know, there's an, I'll end with this. There's a nice poem written by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. There's about eight poems, and this is like one, one line in it. I don't know the others, but this, this line has been made famous, especially by Pujapad Sridhar Marsh, who inscribed it on his, over the altar in his, his temple. Pujala Raga Patagodavabhange, Matala Harijanak Vishayarange. It means like this. It's a very interesting, it's kind of hard to translate. The context in which, by the way, this comes up is that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had established a temple in Calcutta, the famous marble temple. Previously, for the most part, Vaishnavas were living in the holy doms, the sacred places, and they were you know, ministering to people who, who came to them, who, for the most part, were people from Vaishnava families and so forth. But Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, under the inspiration of Thakur Bhakti Vinod, wanted the preaching campaign to, to reach out to people fulfill the very prediction of Mahaprabhu, that my name will be heard in every town and village. So, so in a very dynamic way, 
he went out, out of the Dom, into Calcutta, and a large amount of money was donated for this marble temple in the middle of Maya, you know, Kingdom of Maya, Calcutta. And so when the temple was completed, the deities that were living in a rented house were taken on a palanquin into the temple. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sasadvaka wrote these six or eight verses that the devotees were told to sing at that time when they were taking the deities into the temple. And this one line is stuck out. Pujala Ragapata Gaudavabhange Matala Harijana Vishayarange It says, Matala Harijan Vishayarange The Harijan, the devotees, the people of Hari, they are Matala, intoxicated. Vishayarange <laughs> Vishaya means king, means sense enjoyment. <laughs> the devotees are intoxicated by sense enjoyment. It means they're intoxicated by facilitating the sense enjoyment of Bhagwan, of God, which is what Bhaktisattva Sarasati Thakur's students were doing. In other words, they weren't living in the Dham like poor fellows. They were living in a marble temple. And they were collecting lakhs and lakhs and lakhs of rupees. Shudamar said, we're spending rupees more than a rich man. And in ways that would look like just, you know, if a rich man has a lot of money, well, he's going to give some in charity, he's going to do this with it and that. We're just making a gold hat for the deity, <laughs> you know, gold shoes, and this kind of thing. What, what it means is that they're intoxicated, Vishayarange, by taking the charm for the world that is in their heart out by way of taking everything in the world and throwing it at the feet of God and of the Lord who lives with his devotees on the Rag Marg, Pujala Ragapata. So what he's saying is that they're worshipping. Puja means worship. So worship means some distance, some reverence. They have some regard for that high ideal where the, where the gopis and gopas are just one with Krishna, where the gopas are wrestling Krishna to the ground. And gopis are, you know, Radha's attendants are keeping him out of their flower house. You can't come in. She doesn't want to see you. They're dealing with, with Bhagawan like this. He said, we, we keep some, some reverence for that. Pujala Ragapata Gaudava Bhangi. Gaudava means reverence. But Bhangi means to break, and it's locative. So at a certain time, it means, by taking everything in the world. Interestingly, this verse is also sometimes written, Pujala Ragapata Gaudava Bhangi Matala this is the dynamic idea of Kirtan, of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Taking everything in the world, like the motor car that he rode in and so forth, which was unheard of at the time, and using that in Krishna's service. And by doing that, we're taking all the charm for the world that's in our heart out, which creates a distance between ourself and the object of our love. Because it doesn't matter what your practice is or how many things you've heard, how many esoteric teachings or books you've read or whatever. You're only as close to Krishna, like those Brajbasis are close, as you've got no separate interest in your heart. There's just no way around that. That doesn't change. It doesn't matter what the guru pranali you're in or you have this or that or whatever you've heard or learned or anything. This is the real fact. That has to come out of the heart. That creates a distance. Selfishness 
creates a distance between ourself and the object of our love. And that's what Gopi Bhava is about. That absolute selflessness. Shudamarsh called self-forgetfulness. So there, there's no separation between themselves and Bhagwan. I mean, not in a monistic sense. But he's not like separated as the object. To, if you look at the whole ladder of devotion, what do you find? As I said earlier, Prahlad is the beginning of the end of material selfishness. But that's the beginning of spiritual selfishness or a spiritual a sense of identity that's worth preserving. The gopis had no identity that they felt was worth preserving. Therefore, they went out in the middle of the night and they heard the flute. And they couldn't care for that. Whatever happened, Rukmini couldn't do that. Bless her heart, and we offer our pranam, you know, to her. She couldn't do it. She wanted to marry Krishna. Why did she just run off? Well, because it's against the Vedas. So she stretched her imagination as far as she could and wrote a letter and said, if you kidnap me, that'll work, because that's some kind of Vedic marriage. So she had a sense of preserving her identity. Gopis didn't care about that. Let it go. Forget it. They had no sense of self. They were completely given over to Krishna in every way. It means these things are not Gopi Lila, it's not like anything like in this world, young boys loving young girls. There's absolutely no no relationship whatsoever. It's to help us to understand the intensity. If a young girl falls in love with a young boy, watch out. You know, don't try to get in the way of that. You only cause it to increase. Isn't it? The intensity of that experience materially. We're supposed to learn from that. What, with what intensity they loved Bhagwan. So, it's all about selflessness. This is the whole thing. This is the whole Bhagavatam is about. It's about giving and living. Real living comes from giving. Giving is a living. Give, find the proper center. That's what Krishna is. And then give without any expectation of return. And then the mystics, they have the experience. What kind of life comes from that? That is Krishna Lila. They see the Absolute as, a, as an adolescent, forgetful of himself, a charming youth, and enter into a, a relationship of that... He's, he forgets that he's God, practically. He still is God, but... He's Swayam Bhagavan. He's God when he wants to be himself, to relax. Who will he do that with? This is a high thing. King was shown some opulence. He was shown sadbuj. Not the first time he chanted Gopi Gita. Right to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he realized everything of his ideal in Ragmark. So we go through a progression. As this comes out of our heart, worldliness. He took off the dress of a king. He took off the dress of a king and appeared like an ordinary Vaishnav. As this comes out of our heart, we come closer to Bhagavan. It, especially when we do that, when we take that out of our heart in the context of pursuing that kind of relationship. So we should know what the theory is, so that we don't hear about any of these things. We should know what the theory is, have a clear idea what the ideal is, and know where we are in relation to that. Like when you go to the mall and you go, it goes, you are here, and you have to go here. So we should know where to go, and then we should know where we are, and then we will know what aspect of the teaching is important to stress in our life that we may go there step by step. This, in Bhaktivinoda language, is real beauty to know your place. And to be to not know your place, well, you, you know, you have your practical experience. If someone comes in and doesn't know his place, then it's unbecoming. So it's spiritual progress. So we should know our place and, and take good guidance, then then you'll be 
helped in that regard. So, we have that uh, kind of good guidance and example in senior devotees like Satsurup Maharaj. So, I know my place, I'm sitting here at his feet, and again, I very much appreciate your coming, all of you. I don't want to speak any longer, but if you would like to say anything, no. that's that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone have any questions? Any comments? Any advice? Bodayantas prasparam tushanticharamanticha. You have your your part, your role to play. Also, we're all just servants, helping one another. Different roles to play, but listener, no speaker without listeners, no answers without questions. In this morning's reading, King Prasapurja was looking at the Sankirtan party, and he had the mystical vision seeing Krishna in seven different parties. I think it, the writing said, the reading said that only uh, someone who gets the mercy of Krishna, mm-hmm. uh, a great devotee, had that vision. But it made it seem as if just the two of them saw it and everyone else didn't see it. Maybe, the way that, maybe it was just the way it was written to emphasize that he was getting the mercy. Well, they didn't all see. They were greater. <laughs> Those who didn't see, they saw. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was with me. Like those cowherds, they didn't see the Aishvarya of Krishna, that he was with every other cowherd boy. Or the gopis didn't see he was with every other gopi. They saw he's only with me. So the king's getting a entryway. He's seeing that he's Bhagwan. He's seeing his, his opulence. They're seeing beyond that or through that. or In their experience, the uh, Aishvarya is not a factor. It's in the background. So as I say, I mean, he, he's approaching there. So this is what Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitagra and Guru Maharaj and all we, 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 we talk about when they talk about worshipping with reverence. And people get confused. How can you worship with reverence, but you want to worship the Rag Marg where there's no reverence? Reverence means separation. It means distance. As much as you have distance from God in reality, by having separate interest, there's a distance. And distance means reverence. It's unavoidable. So you have to cross through that. In that kind of sense, you have to cross through Vaikuntha. It doesn't mean that we, we set our sights, we'll go to Vaikuntha, we get there, and now we'll, you know, from here we'll go, you know, take a leap, we'll go to, you know, Ayodhya, and then we'll try to jump to Dwarka or something like that. I mean, the story of Bhagavatamrita is there, but it's really just telling us, demarking the different uh, worlds of spiritual experience. So we, we pass through some reverence by by overcoming separate interest. And as I said, even in the spiritual world, there's separate interest of sorts. There's a sense of, of self that I'm different from the object of my worship that we don't find in, in Vrindavan. They don't think that. The cowards, they do not think they're different from Krishna. That's why they, they don't hesitate to put their foot on his lap or something like that. Like, you know, if you, if you don't know somebody and you're walking in the street and somebody brushes up against you, you go, oh, excuse me. Or he goes, excuse me, oh. But if you love somebody, then you touch them, you don't, you don't react like that, right? Because they, they love extends. It's pranai. I mean, they, they, you see that person's body is an extension of your own, or yours is an extension of theirs. The cowards, they think like that. They don't hesitate. They don't see any difference between Krishna's body and themselves, in a sense. It's love. There's no separation. No material self-interest. They're not in their, interested in their spiritual self-interest. Mahaprabhu said, 
I don't want liberation. I'm not interested in any form of that. It's accommodated in other groups. It's a desirable do bhakti for, you know, devotional mukti. But that gets in the way of priti. We are cautioned about that in Bhagavad. So selflessness, this is, this is the whole idea. Such a beautiful way of speaking about it. And the way of speaking about it corresponds with the experience. The actual tangible, you know, whatever, ontological experience of those who have, have gone there. So to be on that, I mean, this is just like, we should just feel like so fortunate. We are on such a path. We, when, regardless of how much distance there is to go, Vishnu John Maharaj used to say a nice thing. He said, uh, the distance we have come thus far in terms of the distance we've gone to meet our Gurudev, Prabhupada, is far greater than the distance we have to go from here to there. So we're here, you know, we are a member of this glorious Sampradaya. This is a huge step, huge step. Krishna Leela is like, you know, the Academy Award-winning movie, and you can have a part in it as an extra. You think, wow, there I am, there's the back of my head in that movie. It's like, I'm in it, you know, that's what it's like, something like that. Some small part, all parts are big in that big thing. Just to be talking about it, to be thinking about it, to be contemplating it. This all that's how you go there actually. We are privileged, we're honored. So you know, do do justice to that. Think of how fortunate you are. We're always thinking how unfortunate we are. <laughs> this is because we are not this we're not advanced or this or that. I and mean, that's something to be said about that, but but we have at our disposal all we need to make progress. In bhakti is it's really simple. Just be sincere. Just be sincere, really. And try to be a, be a giver. It's not about getting anything. It's not about getting a position so you can get have your own room and better prasadam or you know anything like this. It's not about any corporate position status. And, you know, Prabhupada formed a whole movement to facilitate just the simplest thing. It's funny how things can get confused. Um, he said, you know, it should run on love and trust. How can you teach love, really? Just create a situation that will, will foster that. That's what we need to do. And if it gets in the way of that, then what? And we have to do something about that, too. So, anyway, what else? Any other thought? Yes? Uh, you said that by giving a piece of his cloth to the king, Mahabrabhu would give himself. Can you explain it a little bit? I, I didn't quite understand. What I was saying is that the, like the paraphernalia of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is often identified with Nityananda Prabhu. The umbrella is Nityananda Prabhu, the shoes, the cloth. So, by giving the cloth to the king, then in a sense Nityananda Prabhu has gone to him. He got the grace of Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Okay. But otherwise, in general, we consider the paraphernalia of the Lord as not different from the Lord. So if you get that, it's like getting him. I mean, okay. how would you feel if you had the dhoti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in your house? <laughs> You'd feel pretty, pretty... Wow, that was special, huh? They have that at the Radharaman Temple, I think. On our altar, we have a small... I got a thread from that dhoti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We keep it in a little box. It's on the altar. <laughs> so, we, you can understand practically, it's, that's extraordinary to have the cloth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how the king must have felt. 
श्री गौरंग महाप्रभु की जाय तानस प्रभु की जाय ऐसी भक्ति विदांत स्वामी प्रभुपात की जाय तिरथ श्री देव गोस्वामी महाराज की जाय